just open up with these two passages of scriptures. Um, we're talking about the five major reasons why demonic and astral forces are at war with men. I did part one last week. We're going to get over into part two. It looks like it's going to end up being a part three. But I want to read these scriptures. What's very important about this style of worship is that in the book of Acts, it says that as the men of God minister to the Lord and fast. At what we were doing a moment ago, I shouldn't say a moment ago, but for the last hour. And by the way, you're welcome to come here early. Officially, the service at midweek starts at 645, officially. But technically, it starts when you walk in the door. So we encourage you, you know, it is open as early as uh, 615 for you to just come and start building that atmosphere, building that atmosphere. Because in that atmosphere, the Holy Spirit will speak. It says, as they minister to the Lord and fasted, fasted it said, the Holy Ghost said, separate these two individuals because I have a destiny for both of them. And so in the midst of that, God was speaking. So when we were sitting there, I had a message about wisdom. But then the Lord brought these, this scripture uh, to mind. I'm going to kind of read it in two different translations. In Ephesians 3, 8 through 10, it says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. God, this is the part I want you to hear. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to not the world, but to all the unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Show you how low the body of Christ is right now. Let's read the same passage from the Passions Translation. Ephesians 3, 9 through 12. It says, my passion is to enlighten every person to this divine mystery. It was hidden for ages past until now and kept secret in the heart of God, the creator of all. The purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm, God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ, so that now we have boldness through him, and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Okay. And so, so you know, as I, um, so I'm going to do part two of Wednesday and also intertwine some things from this past weekend, let them kind of intersect together. Um, and so, uh, because, you know, with where we are going, um, uh, that's, that's an amazing thing is when the per one of the purposes for the church was, the sh was for the church to show Satan the wisdom of God through us. And so, you know, how many of you know that's a tall order? And so, uh, and so we're going to jump into this. I am going to start with this first graphic. And I will upload these notes to the sermon. Marche, let me know that our updates for the site will probably be done on today. Um, but I will upload the notes. And you're welcome to take pictures, etc. These quotes are directly from an angel in heaven given to a man that was caught up there. And, uh, and so this um, is kind of like the uh, jumping off point to help you understand 
where we are going as a people, where we are going as a ministry. Also, why people will think that we are crazy until something goes down. There's many, how many people call me crazy, and then they, the same people call me, what you doing? Uh, acting crazy. First graphic, this is an angel directly speaking. Blessed is the one who does not despise and back away from the higher knowledge of truth, from the limit of what he knows. In other words, you only know so much, and blessed is the man who realizes that he only knows so much and is willing to go further. Twice blessed is the one who rises beyond the limit of what he is told about God and seeks to know more, to know the ultimate truth that God is in all things and he is the doer of all things. And then the third one, I don't know which one is my favorite. He said sevenfold blessed is the one who separates the sheep from the goats. <laughs> And God only puts you in two categories when it comes to that. You're either a sheep or you're either a goat. And so blessed are the ones who separate themselves completely from goat folk, goat tendencies, goat music, goat ideas, goat mentalities. Sevenfold blessed for them. Okay. Next graphic. From that which we know as eternity past till now that I speak to you. One of the things that you find is, is they speak very eloquently in heaven. The first fruitless mistake in the search of God is using your human terms to know or remember how he came about to become what he is. And the second fruitless mistake is to seek whether there is another of his kind at his level anywhere. Next graphic. The heavens speak to man based on the level of what such a man knows. So if he knows little, we'll speak to him little. But the more that he knows, the more we will speak. Because to him who has, more shall be given. And final graphic before we go into the scripture is, from the human point of view, the angelic beings of the realms of heaven have perfect knowledge of the almighty God. But from the angel's point of view, we know nothing based on the unlimited, multifaceted sides of God that will never cease to come forth forever. So the same way that we're trying to figure out what's in heaven is the same way that those that are in heaven are trying to figure out what's in the other dimensions. Okay? So Ephesians chapter 6. Talk a little bit slowly so I don't get lost. <clears throat> and so I'm going to add a little bit of part two, um, add some things because some things I said this weekend kind of made people feel uncomfortable, which is good. I'm glad they asked questions so I can give further detail. I mean, you know, 99.9% uh, .9 of the time, if I say something crazy, you better know I got it backed up already before you come at me. Hey, there was a there was an individual that I. Ephesians 6, 12, 6, 10 through 12. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, number one. Authorities of the unseen world, number two. Which means there is another world that exists. It's just invisible to your eye. 
And that whole world is occupied with a whole bunch more stuff than the one you see in this one. Against mighty powers in this dark world, category three, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places, number four. Hey, so those are the four classes. Those are the top four classes. Those would be what you call um, Satan is the CEO, excuse me. And those would be like his main four managers over everything. And in Matthew chapter 17, verse 21, Jesus made the statement because they had run into a demon that they couldn't cast out. And Jesus said, how be it this kind goes not out but by prayer and fasting. The thing I wanted to bring your attention to is Jesus said this kind, which means they are not all the same. There are many different kinds of demonic creatures. And so uh, there are many types of dark forces operating from the unseen world in heavenly places. According to people that have been fully into the occult and then came out through Jesus Christ, they said that there are about 400,000 kinds of powers used within the network of the powers of darkness. Not 400,000 demons but 400,000 kinds of different type of powers used within the network of the powers of darkness. Kind of help you understand it a little bit better. You have the general category of food, but how many you know that there are thousands and thousands and thousands upon different types of restaurants? When the same thing, you have the darkness, you have the demonic realm, and you have those four master classes that are the head managers over everything. And there are sub-managers and sub-managers. But there are a minimum of 400,000 different kinds of powers used within the network of the powers of darkness. And these powers work within the framework of what we call strongholds. So, so they get together in groupings. And that group, um, they will, it will be a specific group that will hover over a part of the city to make sure that they turn it into a ghetto. It'll make sure it'll be another group that they'll hover over this part of the city. And if you actually study this out, um, uh, um, when it comes to people that are racist, a lot of them will live in the same area. <laughs> um, sometimes that's why you will see, if, if you pay attention, if, if you notice that where there will be a nightclub, there will be another nightclub, and then there'll be a strip club, and then there'll be prostitutes in that area. All of that's been enforced by a group it's a strong hold on that material. They hold that area down real strong, and it's a group. Okay? And so that's, that's what all of those do, you know. And Second uh, Corinthians 10, 3 through 4, King James, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we don't war after the flesh, even though it seems like it sometimes. <laughs> For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or fleshly, or can be seen, but mighty through God to the pulling down of what? strongholds and so this is why every child of God should be striving to come up and be a stronghold of light because it takes a stronghold of light to destroy a stronghold of darkness and so the reason why so many strongholds are not being broken is because the people of light are not strong they're weak it's like a light that is very at its at its lowest dim possible and can't really have the effect that it's supposed to <clears throat> excuse me have and so uh, Ephesians 6.10, it says, be a final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in character like Jesus and be able to walk in the same amount of power that he walks in. 
and, and let me say this, you know, I'm going to be repeating myself constantly. And, and at this uh, mark in the ministry, you ought to have been around for a moment. You have to get used to me a lot of times saying the same things over and over again because new people will constantly be coming in. And you might have heard the story 15 times, but for them, it's going to prevent them from committing suicide when they heard it once. And so just be patient with that, you know, when I do those things, you know. But so you're going to hear me constantly trying to encourage people to stay in the word. Stay in the word, stay in the prayer. You're going to constantly hear me say, until you have gotten to the place where you can do a minimum of an hour in prayer consistently, you are pretty much failing. You might success in business, and your money might increase, but it is not based on time, it's based on eternity. You must get to the place where we stop the excuses in regards to we don't spend time in prayer and we don't spend time in the word. You don't need an engineering degree and super help when it comes to the word. Start in Genesis, start in Matthew, read a few in Genesis, and then stop, read a few in Matthew, and then stop. Do that, and when you get to the end of the Bible, start it all over again. Okay? Now, I run into people from time to time, and they think that they're experts because they read the Bible once. That just showed me just how ignorant you are. Okay? So I'm encouraging you. You have to get to the place where, because... If we're going taking you into deeper territories where you're going to get some serious manifestation, you won't get it if you're not doing the... Y'all, how many know? Only reason why you can put together mathematical formulas on a higher level is because you got the addition and the subtraction right. If you get rid of the addition, there is no algebra and everything else. You know what I'm saying? You done got rid of the number system. And so we have to... Because yesterday, I made that decision yesterday. Actually, it was my wife. Wife, hand me up in the bedroom, uh, bedroom, answering all these questions. I said, Ron, I got to go. She said, oh, I got one more. I got one more. Next thing you know, the stuff that I was supposed to do, I was not able to do. And so now I had other appointments. I had phone appointments. I was supposed to go and train on my bike, all of those things. And so I made a decision. That's like, no. I said, I'm going to call people and let them know. I, I, I got to talk to you later. The bike got to wait. Okay, after I got done with my wife. You know, I then went right over there and spent my time in prayer, spent my time in work, because that is more important in my life than riding a bike and having an appointment and talking to people. If I have to put everything on hold, that's what I'm doing. And if you don't fight for it like that, you'll never win. So, so I'm encouraging you when to be strong in the Lord and the power of might impossible without quality prayer time, work time every single day. You really need to get to the point where you do a minimum of two hours a day. And our word, our word in prayer, that's, a, that's minimum. That's just you kind of like getting by. Because you were meant to meditate it all day and all night. You were meant to do prayer without ceasing, none stop. Okay? But to, just to get by, you need to do that. And I'm going to keep on telling people, keep on telling people till it's locked on inside of them that they realize that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of our Heavenly Father. They don't tell us these things to come to church and listen to it and to go home and not do it. And it's for your benefit. And there will be things that God will not tell you until you're actually faithful to that. Because he that is faithful in least is faithful in more. If you're not faithful in least, you can't handle more even though you think you can handle more. And the proof that you can't handle more is because you can't do the right with the least. That's just it. And I'm rebuking myself. I ain't, that's why I'm looking at, I'm not even looking at the imaginary congregation on the back row. I wish it was a mirror so I could preach to myself. You. <laughs> so... Jesus, or not Jesus, I mean, so they didn't say 400,000 demons, they said 400,000 classes. Matthew 12, 43, when an evil spirit, this is one class right here, when an evil spirit leaves a person and goes into the desert seeking rest but finds none. 
Then it says, I'll return to the person I came from. So it returns and finds its former home empty, swept, and in order. Then that spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. So that person is worse off than before. That will be the experience of this evil generation. Now that's Jesus. He said the experience of the last day evil generation will be that they will be full of spirits and for some of them they will be cast out and then they will go and come back and it'll be worse than before. That's what he said. I have a feeling I'm about to deal with that in a minute. Not today, but in the future. Now, I didn't say they couldn't be cast out. Now, that's a grouping. That's a grouping. He didn't give too much detail. He didn't say that one spirit goes and gets other spirits. He said they do the same thing. When you kick them out, it's a formula. They go back and they look for a pack that runs in seven. <laughs> it's always seven. Okay, I'll call it the seven pack, but my wife doesn't like that for some reason. I don't know why, but. <laughs> All right, so, y'all still with me? Hebrews 12:22. You are coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. Now let me stop here for a second as we move forward into this. One of the things that I'm doing is not so much talking about wisdom as talking about the wisdom in opening up your mind and not being so closed-minded. Because when you are closed-minded, you close yourself off from what God is trying to give you. When you are too closed-minded, you close yourself off from what God is trying to tell you, what he's trying to show you, what he's trying to take you into. So today, even though we're going into deeper things, there's going to be a lesson in regards to understanding that the body of Christ, in order for her to walk in where she needs to walk in, she needs to open up her mind and stop being so closed-minded. Y'all with me? Okay, so here it says that there are innumerable company of angels. So somebody would say 400,000 of classes? That's not even a demon. That's just 400,000 classes? Yes, because it's something important for you to remember. When God made angels, he did not make them for planet Earth. He made them for all of the dimensions and all of the realms and all of the unseen worlds that he has created, including the universe that is expanding as we speak. So he created them. There are right now angels that are guarding other dimensions. Let me say something, because my wife and I were talking about this last night. She said this is so good. And this is a hard concept for Christians to get, is that God has created millions of other beings beside humans. It's a hard concept for people to get, because they've been so closed-minded with religion. And, and I used to be the same way years ago. Don't get me wrong. I was the same way, because I was taught to be that way. Okay. The, the, so, so there are millions when you watch movies like Star Wars and see all the little strange creatures and, and what is that, Guardians of the Galaxy and, and them going into other the movies are telling you always going into dimension after dimension, Star Trek, dimension after dimension and these individuals you always notice that we go into the dimension and no matter how intelligent the being was we always overcame them yeah that's a lesson too and so, and so there are plenty of other dimensions. There are other creations. Yes, some of them look like what you see on television and in movies. The difference is we are the only thing that exists ever in any dimension that is made in the image of the one that created them all. And so the problem is, is that regardless of how many millions of other dimensions that there are, millions of other beings that God doesn't even want us to know about right now, all of the attention right now is on planet Earth because that's the only place where the children of God are. 
That's why the whole focus, the whole universe, the other dimensions, the unseen worlds, everything, everyone's focus is on the ones that are going to be ruling them in the future. Because he said we're going to rule and reign with Christ. Rule over what? All of the other creations and all of the other dimensions and all of the other realms. So angels were never created for planet Earth. They were created for all of those realms. Y'all got me. I have a graphic here. This is also directly spoken by the same angel. He said there are unlimited create, creative activities here. He's talking about heaven. Let me back up. There are unlimited creative activities here designed for the constant maintenance of different realms of existence. We angels play different roles within this framework. This angel was explaining to this man, man, he said, little things that you can't see. He said, like the force that controls the planet. If we open up your eyes, you can see the planet hooked up to something and it's making that thing go around like your clock. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he said that there's, you know, the same way that we have a, 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 a generator plants that generate electricity. And we have, you know, another one will generate the power that's needed for your cell phone to work and have other places that generate stuff for gas. You know what I'm saying? When heaven, he was telling him that this is the place where he said it's an unlimited amount of things that are created for the maintenance of all of these realms. I know this is deep stuff, but I'm trying to get you to understand your mind. Expand your mind. Okay? Daniel 7, 9 through 10. I watched his thrones were put in place. And the ancient one sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow. His hair like the purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire. And a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Can you imagine standing there looking at the throne of God? And there is a river of fire flowing out of him. Millions of angels ministered to him. And many millions stood just at attention. Then the court began its session and the books were open. How many know you go to a court and they got one bailiff sitting there with a gun? God is so big, it's millions of bailiffs standing there at attention. Not including the millions that it takes just to attend to God's wardrobe to make sure all of his stuff is, man, that's crazy. I'm trying to help you understand how many angels exist when it takes millions upon millions just to attend to your heavenly father. Millions just to attend to him. No directives given out yet. Millions just to stand at attention. Jude 1.6. That's what the, by the way, that right there is the judgment seat. That's what the judgment looks like. Is you got millions upon millions. And let me tell you, it's, it's much more than that. But that's the terminology that they stopped at. They didn't have trillions and billions terminology back then. So they just, that's why I said millions and millions and millions because the number couldn't be counted. And that's the judgment seat of the throne. And the Bible actually says, as we read the one that says fire is coming out the throne, but the Bible also says another place, there are thunderings, lightnings, voices. You can have that. I need to be up there like John 3.16. Did you do what Jesus said? Yes. If you did it correctly, you're still going to be scared. Jude 1.6, in the same way there were heavenly messengers in rebellion who went outside their rightful domain of authority and abandoned their appointed realms. God bound them in everlasting chains and is keeping them in the dark abyss of the netherworld until the judgment of the great day. That's a group of angels that are so wicked, God won't even let us fight them. 
He just put them chains underneath the planet in another dimension and said, y'all going to stay there until the end. I'll judge you and then throw you in the lake of fire. I'm trying to open up your mind to this is not a religion. It's a love story that went wrong, that turned into a war of God trying to get his kids back. That's all Christianity is. So we talked about last Wednesday the five major reasons why demonic and astral forces are at war with men. First reason was that they are fighting to try to get back what they once owned. Satan once had what God is now giving to us. Okay, the Bible makes it clear that Satan had dominion down here in this solar realm. So God kicked him out of heaven because he wanted to be like God. And then God created man and then gave him dominion over what Satan used to have dominion over. Then we read last week that Satan said, I want to be like God. So that wasn't good enough. God not only took his dominion away, he then created what Satan was trying to be and put that creation over him. So they're highly, highly upset at that. And there are loopholes. That may I know sound strange because it's not a religion. It's a war. There are loopholes. And so Satan managed to exploit a loophole by tricking Adam and Eve into sin and gaining access over the planet because it was a loophole. And Luke chapter 4, when he was tempting Jesus, he was trying to get Jesus to step through that loophole so he could have access back to heaven in his full authority. Okay, so that's the first reason, is that they're trying to get back what they once owned. And they, because they know they already tricked Adam, they, they said, now we already did this. So you ever seen in these movies where the bad guy, he can't figure out what to do. He just sits around, he just sits around. There's got to be a way. And then he comes up with a way and tries it. That's what Satan and them are doing right now. They're like, oh, we know it's another way. We ain't thought about it yet. Meanwhile, let's just keep on corrupting the men of the earth, and maybe the loophole will appear. Second reason is that the enemies are attacking us is to get men to do things and create things that will negatively affect other dimensions and regions in the unseen world. Scripture makes it clear from the beginning to end that the decisions that you make, the things that you say, the things that you do, whether you obey or not, whether you pray or not, whether you spend time in the word or not, all of those things, whether you give or not, worship or not, all of those things affect not only the spiritual realm, but they affect heaven. It is completely clear that everything that you do every day is affecting those realms. So that's one of the things that they're trying to do is in order to manipulate what you can't see, they get you to do stuff knowing that the stuff that you do will hurt the unseen realm. Slow things down, corrupt things. And that really gets very, 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 it really gets into some very, very deep things. I told you that um, about the angel said that it was a demon that showed the man how to create the nuclear bomb. Because the plan was not for them to destroy the pan. The plan was for them to destroy the planet, the demonic side. They said, we're going to show me how to do this. That first group of angels that's right now in everlasting chains, they did the same thing back in Noah's day. They were showing me, you can read that in the book of Enoch. It's a nice book to read. It's a safe book. But they were, the Bible says, the book of Enoch says, that the reason I say the book of Enoch is safe is because, do you all remember what um, Paul said in uh in, uh, in the New Testament, he said, even Enoch said and prophesied that he saw the Lord coming with 10,000s of his saints. So it's obvious that there were prophecies that Enoch had given that were accepted. That's why Paul mentioned it in the scriptures, y'all got me. Now you can be careful of that. Don't be just chasing the book of Enoch and, like you said, the book of Maccabees and all of them other books and, and, and study the Bible. Study to show yourself approved, a, a man that doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Not rightly dividing the book of Enoch and the Maccabees and all that type of stuff, okay? 
People go too far and they just send me these stuff. Okay. So, yes. So, so they are trying to mess God up by getting us to do things that mess him up. The Bible says that you can grieve the Holy Spirit. So you can grieve God. And so in order to get God to grieve, we got to corrupt his children. We can't kill God, but we can at least make him cry. <laughs> ah! All right. So for the next few moments, we're going to talk about the third reason in just that one. And then I'll clear up something, too. The third reason is that they want to shut down our creative ability for the kingdom of God. And that may seem simple, but you'll understand in a moment. Uh, I have a graphic here, and it says, Your father is the creator of all things, but the devil is the imitator of all things. Your father is the maker of all things. The devil is the manipulator of all things. Your father is the inventor of all things but the devil is the perverter of all those things. So God will create the plant, and then the devil through demonic wisdom will show a man how to pervert the plant. Because the Bible says that the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nation. But when you pervert it, the leaves of the trees will be for the perverting of the nation. See what I'm saying? So he takes what God does, because he's not a creator, he's a manipulator, he's a twister. The word wicked means to twist. It means to take what is true and twist it. It's true. A man and a woman are supposed to get married. Twist that and say two men can get together. Two women can get together. Twist it even further and say that you can marry a dog. Twist it even further and say a 40-year-old can marry a 5-year-old. And you keep twisting. Next thing you know, you, come into, you turn into an alligator. So, um, y'all still with me? I'm not going too fast, am I? I'm trying to go a little bit slow because I know we, you know, you know, people actually say, that I shouldn't take y'all this deep. No, we can, we can deep. You just can't swim. Don't get mad at me, cause I know how to swim in ten feet, ten feet of water. While you over there on the edge of the swimming pool, trying to determine is the two feet too cool to even step in. That's one thing I like about God. He will not rebuke you, and tell you to come down to somebody else's level to make them comfortable. He'll say, "Keep on climbing." When we said in Revelation, "Come up here so you can see some more." Okay. So that was Wednesday. We kind of talked about that. And so we're talking about creativity. So this past weekend, we talked about the four types of women, uh, wisdom. No, I didn't say four type of women. Help me, Father. <sighs> four, type of, <laughs> four types of wisdom, and that is earthly wisdom, which you gain from looking at nature. Um, you know, I use the example of flowers. You can learn how to work with flowers and trees and just earthly nature things. You learn, you know, anything from learning how to breed dogs to, you know, what type of um, uh, bird feed to use to attract birds. That's earthly wisdom. Then you have sensual wisdom, which is gained through the five senses. Sensual wisdom is very, very dangerous um, because it's wisdom um, that is gained through the senses based on what you have observed. And that can be good or bad. For example, you have observed that when you walk down the street and you see a rabbit or a chipmunk, that that's not a threat. So you will keep walking and exercising and jogging. But if you see a pit bull without a lease, you will hesitate. And based on what you have seen other pit bulls do, your sensual wisdom will tell you turn in the opposite direction and go another way. Okay, Sensual wisdom is also very, very dangerous because you can have a man, for example, that manipulates women. 
and then he will come to the conclusion that based on how he's manipulated women, he will then come to the conclusion that women can be manipulated. When actually what he doesn't know is that he was actually drawing to himself a female version of himself. And in order to manipulate women, you have to be very, very low. And that's what he was attracting, was low women. I only got high women in this place. So you can see how far that can go. That's why when you hear somebody say, all men are this, all politicians are this, all preachers are this, all white folk are this, all black folk are this, all Republicans, the list goes on and on and on. Okay? So that's essential. Then you have demonic wisdom. Demonic wisdom is wisdom, and that, that gets even bigger because demonic, demonic wisdom is in many different areas. Demonic wisdom, I'll give you an example, is what is behind the creation of cigarettes, marijuana, drugs, alcohol. Um, that's demonic wisdom. Um, that shows men how to take something. Watch this. Shows men how to take something called corn that Jesus and the disciples ate but shows them through demonic wisdom how to turn it into corn liquor. <laughs> Moonshine. and It's demonic wisdom. Demonic wisdom is what's behind pornography. Demonic wisdom is what is behind all false religions. All false religions. Okay. And so, uh, so that's demonic. You know, and I can go many different ways with that. And then we have what you call the heavenly wisdom, which is the one that we operate in. Heavenly wisdom comes from above. Okay. And so let's read this scripture here, and I'm going to make some adjustments on something for you proverbs 4 or 5 through 9 it says get wisdom get understanding forget it not neither decline from the words of my mouth forsake her not and she shall preserve you love her and she shall keep you wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and with all that i get and get understanding exalt her and she shall promote you. She shall bring you to honor when thou dost embrace her. She shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory, shall she deliver unto thee. Everybody say amen. amen. So what I said about wisdom being an actual spirit with a female persona made some people feel a little bit uncomfortable. And so, and that's okay. I mean, you hear stuff all the time. But, but, but always remember, if you're uncomfortable with that, you can be uncomfortable for eternity. And so, so people were uncomfortable. You know why? Because they had never heard that before. But watch this. Why are you so uncomfortable? The Holy Ghost is given a male persona called he. So why would it be so strange that God would give another spirit a persona called she? You understand what I'm saying? So let's prove it scripturally. Now, I want you to listen to this passage of scripture and most people think wisdom is like a mindset, which it is. But when we read this passage of scripture, you, gonna, you tell me if this is the definition of a mindset or a person. Y'all ready? Proverbs 8.21. And, and when you read Proverbs 8.21, the first verse says the entire chapter is about wisdom. So we're going to just drop down and pick up with verse 21. Now you tell me if this is a person or a mindset. Those who love me inherit wealth. I will fill their treasures. Look at this one. The Lord formed me from the beginning before he created anything else. I was appointed in ages past at the very first before the earth began. I was born before the oceans were created, before the springs bubbled forth their waters. 
before the mountains were formed, before the, before the hills I was born, before he had made the earth and fields and the first handfuls of soil. I was there when he established the heavens, when he drew the horizon on the oceans. I was there when he set the clouds above, when he established springs deep in the earth. I was there when he set the limits of the seas so they would not spread beyond their boundaries. And when he marked off the earth's foundations, I was the architect at his side. I was his constant delight, rejoicing always in his presence. And now, and how happy I was with the world he created, how I rejoiced with the human family. Now that sounds like a personal mindset to you. Okay, and so something that my wife brought up pretty good that she felt I should bring attention to, she said, Otha, she said, the problem is, is that when you, how many of you have read the word, you didn't understand something, and so you looked at the side commentary, and you haven't ever done that, okay, and so the problem is, is that the side, the word that you're reading is true, but the side commentary is a man who's giving his opinion of what he thinks that scripture means, Unfortunately, most of the side commentaries are written by men who don't believe in speaking in tongues, don't believe that God heals you today, they don't believe in dreams and visions, they don't believe in inner healing and deliverance, they definitely don't believe in the prophetic, they don't believe in the gifts of the spirit, and these are the individuals that are given the commentary. So if they don't believe in all of those things that we know are clear in scripture, why would you think that they would be correct when it comes to something like that? So when you look at the commentaries, they say, this is not a person. This is just, you know, a, a, uh, a, uh, a symbolic or allegorical way in which God is referring to the spirit. But, but he referred to the Holy Ghost as a he. And so the thing to get out of your mind is thinking that it's one person like a person. Okay. It's very, it's very mystical. It's very mysterious. And let me give an example. Okay. And, and so now let's use some common sense. Like, oh, let's 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 pretend we got a group of five-year-olds and six-year-olds and seven-year-olds, and we are giving them all of this information at the same time. Now, which one do you think a kid would think was stranger? I'm helping you open up your mind. Which one do you think to a brand new believer or a kid would be stranger? That there is a spirit in heaven that exists, and God has given that spirit a female persona called wisdom. Or there is another spirit called the Holy Ghost. He's a ghost, but he's holy. And he lives in everybody at the same time. Now, which one is easier to believe? That is one individual named Wisdom with a female persona, not an individual that's a spirit, that's a he that lives in every single person at the same time. He lives on the inside of you. He lives on you. He the one helping you speak in this unknown language. See which one is easier to believe? But the reason why it's hard for you to believe that about Wisdom is because a preacher never told you that. Y'all ready for the second one? Let's bring those kids back in again. Which one is easier to believe? Which one seems stranger? That there is a spirit that God has given a female persona called wisdom. Or when you get to heaven and you stand before the throne, there's going to be these four creatures. And one is like an eagle. Now, it's not an eagle, but that's the closest thing it looks like. One is like a lion. It's not a lion, but that's the closest thing it looks like. Another one is like a cow. It's a cow? No, it's not a cow. The Bible says it looks like a cow. And it says the fourth one is not a man, but it has a face like a man. And then all of those four creatures, they got six wings and they got eyes all around them. 
how many know um, I'll take wisdom for 300 Alex you see how your mind can be limited where you have accepted something even crazier but then when it's new and it's simple I've never heard that before so it's got to be off and this is very, very important because when, when you're thinking like that with this, this is how you're thinking when it comes to your finances. Thinking when it comes to that business that God has been dealing with you about opening. This is how you think when you think you should be getting out of school and God is telling you to go even if you're 80. We always think in the terms of common sense and what other people in this world have told us is normal. I, told my, I, gave my, I was telling my wife this good example yesterday and we were talking about and y'all think about this following for a second. I know this is going to kind of freak you out a little bit. I want you to think about something for a second. My eyes are here and my mouth is here. And because everyone looks like that, we call that what? Normal. But how many of you know, if you saw someone with their eyes where their mouth is and the mouth is in their forehead, you would run in stark terror. Just keeping it real, okay? But watch this, if God had have put the eyes where the mouth is and the mouth where the forehead is and then somebody looked like me showed up, you'd run to me in stark terror. The reason why you think it's normal is that that's because everyone looks. But there are beings, you all, that have one eye. There are some that have two. There are some that have four. And according to the scripture, there are some that got them all over their body inside and out. So what I'm trying to get you to understand is, is this is the way that your heavenly father operates. So he might get really, really, really creative when it comes to him promoting and advancing you and giving you concepts. And you miss it because you're trying to reduce him down to what you normally see all of the other businesses do. That's one thing when you get to heaven. Nothing is normal. That's, you know what? The one thing that I have realized by studying under some other men is that the one thing that God likes to boast about more than anything else is that he's creative. Now, watch this. Okay, we have, we're talking about wisdom as a spirit, right? Do you pray to the Holy Spirit? No. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, right? John 16, 13 through 14 says, when the spirit of truth comes, Holy Spirit, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but he'll only tell you what he heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. So you don't pray to the Holy Spirit. You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, right? And then the Holy Spirit will sometimes give direction. Do you pray to angels? No. Hebrews 1, 13 through 14 says, And God has never said to any of his angels, Take your seat next to me at my right hand until I force your whispering enemies to be a rug under your feet. What role then do the angels have? The angels are spirit messengers sent by God to serve those who are going to be saved. So do you pray to the Holy Ghost? No, but he does help you. Do you pray to angels? No, but they do help you. Do you pray to wisdom? No. Why? Because in James 1.5, it says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask God. <laughs> that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, shall be given to him. Proverbs 8.12 says, our wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge about witty inventions. She just gave you her main purpose. So I have a graphic here to put it all together. All three have a purpose. 
You pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, and he will direct which one he wants to help you. Angels are messengers, warriors, protectors, and they serve the children of God. The Holy Ghost lives in you and leads you and guides you into all truth, and he also shows you the future. Angels did that. No, they didn't. They told them the future. There's a difference. Angels will tell you the future, but the Holy Ghost will show you the future. And then you have the spirit called wisdom, who is behind inventions, business, money, wealth, formulas, concepts, and ideas. That's why wisdom was present when God was creating. And when you study the scriptures on wisdom, what you will see 80 to 90% of the time with all of the scriptures that have to do with wisdom is money. Money and business. That's why she said, those who love me will inherit wealth. Now let me show you something. Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, as for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out and he met the treasure of, oh, I'm sorry, let's start back at 26. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority on the Kandake, queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. But then the Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along besides the carriage. Now here you see two different individuals giving the same man the same direction. It said the angel gave him the first instruction, but then it said later the Holy Spirit gave him the second instruction. See? And so one of the things that you have to realize is that, because one of the things the Lord gave me was like a little mini vision of when you go, how many know that if you go to the dealership and you talk to the head guy, he will direct the person to help you based on what you came in for. If you walk in the dealership and you say, I'm here to buy a new car, well, that's the salesman, so I need you to help him. If you go in there and say, I need my car to be fixed, oh, well, I need you to talk to this guy. If you go in Best Buy, you go to the television section, there's one guy that helps you when it comes to televisions. You go over to the refrigerator section with washing machines, et cetera, then there'll be another individual that helps you in that section, okay? And so one of the things that is really important for you to remember is that God is that great big store. Depending on what you need will determine when you pray to him, it will determine who he has to help you. So in this particular situation, it might require the Holy Ghost. In this particular situation, it might require an angel. In this particular situation, it might require wisdom. In this particular situation, it might require, might require your pastor. In this situation, it might require a friend. In this situation, it might require an animal, because you see animals helping people of God all the time, including speaking. Remember that prophet riding a donkey? That's a doggone shame when your animal can hear from God more than you can. Revelations 4, 2 through 8. I'm just showing you how God is much, much bigger, and it says that he changes not, which means he's trying to be bigger in your life. Revelation 4, 2, and immediately I was in the spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. He that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. Round about the throne were four and twenty seats. Let me stop you right there. We have to be careful about those four and twenty seats. You know what I always heard? Because it was 24 seats, oh, that was the 12 apostles, and that was the 12 patriarchs. But the problem is, is that the individual who's getting the vision ain't up there yet.
Terry got it. She was like, oh, there it is. There it is. Yes, I got it. I got it. See, because you know what makes us comfortable is the fact that there were 12 patriarchs and that there were 12 apostles. So it makes us comfortable to fit that common sense equation that is them. But the truth be told, if you study it correctly, God uses 12 all the time. The truth be told, these might be 12 elders that have existed for billions of years. Let me lead you back to Star Wars and Guardians of Galaxies and the Avengers again. Have y'all noticed with those movies that sometimes, y'all remember the Avengers movies when they had to go get that one particular soul stone? And they had to go up there and talk to them elders that's been around for millions of years? I'm not saying that's the case. What I'm saying is that sometimes the movies are showing you more than the preachers are. You know, I'm stretching y'all tonight, right? I'm just stretching y'all. Don't turn this into no doctrine. And this is low level what I'm sharing with you. All right, whatever. Oh, and upon the 20 seats, I saw four and 20 elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their head crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. <laughs> and there were seven lamps of fire before and before the throne, burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. I'm going to just go ahead and finish. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And then the midst of the throne, around about the throne, within four beasts, I just got through telling you about, full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion. Second one, like a calf. Third one, had the face as a man. Didn't say they were these things. He said, I don't know what they were, but I've had to if I had to compare it to anything, this is what it was like. And it says the other one was like a flying eagle. It wasn't an eagle, but it was like one. And the four beasts, each of them had six wings, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, holy, holy. That's the only job responsibility, and they satisfied to do that forever. Because <laughs> of how wonderful it is just to be in the presence of God, like that 24-hour said in the video. The way I don't want you to remember is, is that, number one, it says that he heard voices coming out the throne. He didn't even know where they were coming from, because it could have been the throne that was speaking. I'm going to show you that one in a second. Prove it. Then the other thing he said, he said, now, you got to remember, they have no idea what this stuff is. He said there were seven spirits standing before the throne. Seven different spirits. Who are these individuals? Y'all know what I'm saying? So the problem is thinking that God created one spirit. No, he created one. He didn't even create it. There's one called the Holy Ghost who was a part of the Godhead. But he has created other spirits. You got the spirit of wisdom, very mysterious. You got the seven. You got all these and they all intertwine as one. What else is up there? Revelation 6, 5. When the lamb broke the third seal, I heard the third living being say, come. I looked up, saw a black horse, and his rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the four living beings say. Now here, he see the beings, but none of them talking. He just heard a voice in the midst of them because whoever was talking couldn't be seen. Revelation 9, 13. Then the sixth angel blew his trumpet, and I heard a voice speaking from the four horns of the gold altar that stands in the presence of God. So here he's looking at an altar, and the altar is talking to him. He hears a voice coming out the altar. Then I'll do this last one, which is my favorite. Revelations 10, 1 through 4. Then I saw another mighty angel coming down from heaven, surrounded by a cloud with a rainbow over his head. His face shone like the sun, and his feet were like pillars of fire. And in his hand was a small scroll that had been opened. He stood with his right foot on the sea 
and his left foot on the land. Sadhu said that this angel is about the height of the Empire State Building. And he gave a great shout like the roar of a lion. And when he shouted, here we go, seven thunders answered. Stop. In verse 4. And when the, when the seven thunders spoke, I was about to write what they said. But I heard another voice from heaven saying, keep secret what the seven thunders said and don't write it down. I'm only doing this to help you understand that your father is a whole lot more creative. He is a whole lot more of a bigger thinker than you think he is. It is men that have made God small minded. And so the reason why the church is not advancing is because she has become small minded instead of big minded. So much so that I have rocked the boat just because I opened the church for they can't figure out that. What happened when you start walking on water? I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Y'all be out there looking at me. <laughs> but there are stranger things that are coming, folk. So I shared all of this to share with you um, that in order for you to take advantage of what wisdom may want to share with you, including the Holy Ghost and the angels and everybody else, you're going to have to stop being closed-minded. Stop being closed-minded, okay? Very much when I minister to people, you know, when Randall first came, he mentioned about what I had shared with him, and I've always shared that with ministers. When I'm, when I'm mentoring other pastors, I tell them, pastor, like you're the only dude on the planet. See, you got to think a whole lot of level of creativity when, you do only, when you're the only guy on the planet. If the Lord had you open up a business, don't be worried about the corner store. Start the business and think in the mindset of, how can I take over? That's how Bill Gates took over. And now he's trying to take over again by saying everybody need to get a shot in order to function. No, no, you can have that. You can, it's not going to happen, Bill Gates. They, they, they'll shoot up your house first before that happens. Then you ain't going to make these people take a shot. Okay? A lot of strange things going on. Okay? So, so, so I just wanted to encourage you that when you, that these things are happening. There are times when, particularly when you get a, what, what you call a God idea, sometimes that was the voice of wisdom. Especially when people say that they were enlightened. Hear people use that term? That was the voice of wisdom. God picks and chooses who he wants to use to enlighten you. Sometimes something as simple as you making a move at the last minute. So the cool thing is this, is that you don't have to, this is going to sound strange, you don't even focus so much on the Holy Spirit or the angels or wisdom or anybody else. You focus on your Heavenly Father. You keep it directed towards your Heavenly Father. You have access through the name of Jesus Christ. And whoever they want to help you, they will have help you. And whoever helps you, you won't even necessarily know who it is at times. Sometimes you think you heard the Holy Spirit, but it was the voice of wisdom. But how you keep yourself safe is the word of God. That's why Paul said, it, Paul said this because it was possible. He said, if I or another angel tells you anything that's not written in him, here, let him be accursed. Why did he say that? Because he was trying to keep you in the safe zone. Because he knew that there are angels out here. And you don't know what's out here. He said there are many different voices out here. There's a whole lot of stuff out here in these unseen realms. And you don't know what is speaking in your ear. And the only way for you to tell if it's the truth is does it line up with the B-I-B-L-E. Because if God wrote this book, why would he tell you something differently that's what's in this book? Do you realize how many women I have talked to? And I told them, you do realize you're not supposed to be living with the man before you're married to him. I know, but I prayed about it, and the Lord told me it was all, all was okay. Demonic wisdom. 
And the Bible says about demonic wisdom, it said to come to pass in the last days, it said many, it didn't say a few, it said many would leave the true faith because they were listening to the doctrines that came from devils. Hey, that's not going to be you though. You're going to make it to the end. And that's a level, I ran into something this week. I keep trying to say it and I keep getting smacked. Keep tr like, no. Sorry. So y'all got that. So let me do this. I'm not going to add scripture to it. I'm going to just throw it out there. This is where it pays for you to read your Bible. This, uh, another question that was posed to me is, why do I keep saying that um, in the beginning, um, Eve um, only had a... Eve only had, Eve had a baby once every month and not nine months. Do me a favor, you know, do me a favor, um, Brie, and turn over to, um, do Genesis chapter three. Starting with verse um, eight to verse 20. Genesis 3, 8 to verse 20. Okay, let me say this. Y'all didn't hear this because I said this Sunday, but I didn't say it Saturday. It's very important for you to get out of the religious mindset. Again, this is a love story that went south and went sour because there was an individual that took God's uh, bride away from him. Tricked her. And so one of the things for you to remember is Adam and Eve did not disobey God because they were evil. God told them, because when you go back and read verse, I mean, Genesis chapter 2, God, the Bible makes it clear that he did not want Adam and Eve to know what evil was. He, I want you to imagine living for 6,000 years and you can't even define poverty. You can't define fear or depression or lack or discord or anger. Can you imagine living for 6,000 years around billions of people and no one knows what anger is. No one knows what confusion is. You never have a disagreement with anyone. No matter how long you talk to them, they never get on your nerves. He never wanted them to know what that's. Y'all like, oh, Jesus, let me go on up there right now. Okay. So, but it's very important for you to remember because it's, you're in a battle of wisdoms. And... Because people have many times asked, why was it just so easy for them to do that? For one reason, they didn't know what evil was. And because when Satan told them, you go back and read it, he said, that ain't what God meant. He said, God knows that the day you eat of the tree, you'll be like him to know the difference between good and evil. They didn't know what evil was. So they partook of the fruit because they thought evil was good because they didn't know what evil was. You understand what I'm saying? If they knew what evil was, they wouldn't have done it. But they were like, well, I want you to think about from this point of view. Their thing is, we serve a wonderful God. He is wonderful and look at what he has given us and he is good and all they knew was the good and the excellent and the love and the prosperity. You know, the Bible makes it clear that God came down in fellowship with them. That's all that they knew was that God was good. So because they didn't know what evil was, they didn't know that God knew what evil was because they didn't even know what it was. So when Satan comes on the scene, what he had to do is make it seem like they were missing out on something good. 
That's why the enemy gets you is he gives you this thing to make it seem like God is withholding from you. The man, the woman, the, the business, the money, it hasn't come yet. So you need to do this over here because God is withholding from you, Abraham. God told you you're going to have a son, but he's holding from you. So I'm going to work on your wife and give a better idea for you to sleep with this other crazy girl. Sorry. Actually, Abraham's wife was the one that was crazy. She was going back and forth. First, I want you to sleep with her. And him like a dummy, he goes at, Bible says, Abraham, hearken. He just listened to the woman. No, a great man of faith and power. No, 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 God. He didn't say nothing about God said, did he? He said, this is my opportunity. Oh, help us, Father. This is our great, great grandparents acting crazy back in the Old Testament. Okay, so he did that. And so because they did not, Satan knew what evil was. He knew what good and evil was. When you go back and read Genesis chapter 2, you, I'm sorry, go back and read Genesis 3 or 4. God said, look. Now, Satan told him, God wants you to leave the tree alone because if you eat it, you'll know the difference between good and evil. And evil turned to Adam. Adam, Eve turned to Adam and said, what's evil? Guess what Adam said? It must be good. Because God is good all the time. And we don't know what evil is, and this snake does. And God is good. It must be true then that we're missing out on something that's good. So no matter how good it looks, obey God. Y'all got me? So, you know what happened. And let's pick up from there. Oh, man. What did I say? Verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? He replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Listen to what God says. Who told you you were naked? Because you weren't even supposed to know what naked meant. He said, oh, I know what you did. He said, you ate from that tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat. And the man replied, it was the woman you gave me. You go to blame game. She gave me the fruit and I ate it. Yes, her mama said, if Eve jump off a bridge, you're going to jump off too? Then the Lord asked the woman, what have you done? She said, I'm blaming it on the serpent. He deceived me. That's why I ate it. And the Lord said to the serpent, he didn't have no excuse. He's like, yeah, I did it. I'm, he said, now here goes the curses. Because you did this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. Stop right there. You just see an instant change, which means snakes didn't crawl. They walked. In order for you to understand what the beginning was, take the curse and then take the opposite. And that's what they walked in. He said, now cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head and you will strike his heel. That was more prophetic in regards to the spiritual part of it. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. You know what? Do me a favor. Go to the King James. I should have told you to do the King James because it... New Living Translation, it tries to sometimes water it down to help you understand it. King James is still very accurate. So do Genesis chapter 3 and start with verse 16 in King James. And let me know when it's up. Y'all give me the thumbs up. Okay, cool. Verse 16, unto the woman, I will greatly, and I look, a lot of times it's good to look at it from the King James and the Amplified if you want to get accuracy, exact accuracy. 
to the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. That's two different things. Two. I will greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. And in sorrow, you will bring forth children, which means she didn't before. And watch this one, ladies. And now your desire will be to your husband and he shall rule over you, which means it was not like that in the beginning. The reason why women always want to know what their husband's doing, that's the curse. <laughs> Y'all laughing, I'm dead serious. That's the curse. Want to know what's in your wallet. Want to know what's in your bank account. Where you're going. When you're coming. Why? Why? I'm not saying that from a point of view of like nagging. I'm just saying part of the curse that came over the woman is you're going to always be in your husband's business all the time. And from now on, he will rule over you, which means she did not submit to Adam like that in the beginning. That's why Jesus said, when you get to heaven, you're going to be like the angels, not submitting to one another. Everybody submits to God. <laughs> Got to have an open mind to understand the Bible. And then to Adam, he said, and because you listened to the voice of your wife, he didn't say Satan. Because you listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, saying you should not eat of it. See, this is why God ain't interested in why you got an excuse. You listen to Reverend such and such uh, or somebody else when I told you what to do. You are the leader and I told you what to do. So why are you allowing some other church member to tell you to do something different? As Bishop Oedipo says, you know, I've been quoting that all the time. He said, you were not in my eyes when the Lord gave me the vision for my church. So why do you think you know what you should be telling me is true? People crack me up. They're coming to the church. Yeah, this is, this is not a church for anybody, for, any, for everybody. It's just for these type of people. Oh, really? You were there when Jesus was designing the blueprint now? He asked me to. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier today because some other person I had to talk to. So let me ask you this. He asked me to drive, but he giving you the directions. Can you imagine what that looked like? Me, Garnett, and Randall in the car. Randall is driving. Garnett is next to him, and I'm sitting in the back seat. Randall needs the directions. Garnett knows where to go, but instead of him telling the driver, he's telling the back seat where to drive and where to turn. I'm sorry. He said, Adam, because you did all of this, he said, cursed is the ground for your sake, which means now the ground changed. because of y'all and in sorrow you shall eat all the days of your life thorns and thistles shall it bring forth to thee and you shall eat the herb of the field in the sweat of your faith face shall you eat bread till thou return unto the ground for out of it you were taken and dust you are and shall dust your return and then adam is the one who gave his wife that name not god <laughs> says when you do the rest of this it said when God created them, he called both of their name Adam. So Eve got her name from Adam, not God. And he got that. So she got a different name after she fell in the sin. Oh, I can do this all day. You, I encourage you, read the, read the first five chapters of Genesis over and over and over again. And the Lord will just start opening up your eyes. And you'll see, that's one of the things he first showed me. He said, when sin came in, he said, everything changed. He said, that which took a long time now took a short time, and that which took a short time now took a long time. That's why, how many of you know, before the fall, you live forever. Once they sin, 
because that eternity was still on the planet, men could still live to be a 900. But because of the sin, now what you could once do for a long time, short amount of time. And what took a short amount of time, like work and just you speaking to it and having a baby, took a long amount of time. But he said there, I will greatly multiply your sorrow and conception. Well, why do you say it was every single month? Well, number one, he said he would greatly, you know, increase it. Number two, fruit trees have always been compared to women who have babies. And in the book of Revelation, it says that the trees in heaven bear fruit every month, not nine. I keep doing this. You got to know how to put all of the scriptures together to see this one point that everything changed. So Adam and Eve really, really messed us up. And yes, they will be in heaven, I'm quite sure, because they were the one who taught their Abel how to even give correctly. They weren't evil. They just messed up had to pay a cost for it and because of God's love he but that's a trip how many of you know let me tell you something and this I think is what we're going to close get rid of your guilt the whole inner healing deliverance ministry is really in part part of it is getting rid of your guilt of what happened to you or what you did get rid of your guilt because if it's any if it's three people that should be more guilty than anybody and if God forgave them get your little tired self together number one is Peter who denied the Lord three times after being with him for three years you just sat up here and raised the dead you have walked on the water with this man you have cast demons out and done all type of stuff you even got out of order and cut off a man's ear and Jesus healed it right in front of you and didn't even go off on you he said put the sword up Peter my time has come You've been with the man for three years and then you're going to cuss folk out and deny the Lord three times and go back to your old lifestyle. If there's anybody that shouldn't be forgiven and should have been guilty, it was him. Forgave him. Woman in adultery, same thing. Y'all know that story. Okay? But, but the other one, who should have been guilty, is, is Paul. The one who was murdering and, 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 and persecuting Christians. That's why Paul said, he said, look, I ain't got on top of everything. He said, but the one thing I did get on top of, he said, I had to learn how to let go of the past. How many of you know that's a serious get trip when you, you save now? And that's why they were so afraid of Paul because they said, no, this dude can't be saved. This is a dude that was killing people last week. You talking about he preaching the gospel? No, it says all of the disciples were afraid of him except for one. So how many of you know that's something you got to get over with? You got to get over is killing people. How many of you got to get over the fact that you denied the Lord three times? What type of guilt you got to get over when your decision forced everybody that's ever going to be born to go to hell? Your one decision messed up. Not everybody, everything. The ground became cursed. All of the animals changed their nature. What you call beauty in the fall with the tree leaves, is the leaves of the trees, is actually the leaves dying. Everything became corrupted. Sin came into the planet, and guess what? The, watch this. Think about this guilt trip. For those that reject Jesus, and what did Jesus say? He said, few there be that make it in. He said, wide is the way that goes to hell. And he said, many are going there, and they're only going there because of Adam. Now, that's a guilt trip. Did Jesus come back and set a plan to be able to save everybody? But, yeah, most rejected. And so even though they rejected, the actual real reason why everybody will be in hell is because of Adam and Eve. Now, that's a guilt trip. So if they can get over that, which I'm sure they will not, they are now in heaven. They have just, just something you need to deal with. 
I mean, he plunged the eternal and the whole war, everything, everything that you see, crime, sin, disease, pornography, kidnapping, whatever it is, when we cast in demons out of individuals, it's only because of Adam. When you're depressed, it's only because of Adam. If you trace every negative thing in this planet back to the beginning, go right to Adam's address. Now, that's a guilt trip. Now, if God can forgive him, who are you? You understand what I'm saying? And so those things are very, very important. So, you know, there are a whole lot more, but that's the reason why I talk about Eve had the ability because everything changed. When the Lord taught me this, when you go back and read that, it says that all of the animals ate greenery. So the, 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 the lion's fang teeth changed. You know, y'all actually think a mosquito was going around zapping you and sucking your blood like Dracula? A skunk only sprays that nasty spray because it's afraid. Back then, it ain't no fear. So when Adam and Eve did that, the sin came in too, and sin then actually, it took everything in the planet and then twisted it. Twisted it. So that's what I mean by had Adam and Eve never sinned, now you can understand why. And there's a whole lot more scriptures that I could even make it more clear, but I'm just out of time, and it's kind of escaped me right now. I did a better job with my wife yesterday. My wife and I get the revelation more, all type of stuff. I need to record myself when I talk to my wife. She'd be pulling the deep out of me. But that's to help you understand is that she had a baby once a month. You know, and, and because you got, oh, that's what I was going to say. When the Garden of Eden was created, it was an exact replica of heaven. Exact replica. And so, and so that's why in order for you to understand some things about the Garden of Eden, you have to look in the revelation about the new heavens and the new earth. And it says that when they were up there, they saw the trees and that they bore fruit every single month. Different things like that. Not nine, you know, bore fruit once a month. And then it says that there were 12 different types of fruit on the tree. Even the, fruit, even the fruits and vegetables. There is a place in, it's in Mexico or Peru or something. And the whole town gave its life to Christ. Literally. There's not one single sinner in the whole town. And so because of that, every per, all of the bars closed down, number, the, everybody living right, holy, not one center in the whole town. And it's a small town, and I'll try to find it for you. But because everybody is saved, there is no hindrance between heaven and earth. And so when they grow vegetables, they have grapes the size of watermelons. They carry carrots like logs. Do y'all remember when uh, even the land of Canaan back then, when they went and spied the land and they had to carry the grapes on poles because the grapes, every grape the size of a baseball. You know what I'm saying? <sighs> I forgot to eat breakfast and lunch today. I think I'm going to have dinner. Here's a grape. Okay, I'm full. <laughs> it's crazy. And so, so the creative side of God and, and, and what happened, I also say, if you view this from a limited religious point of view, you'll miss it every time. But if you keep it in the simple fact of, and that's why people don't understand when I say, y'all do realize Adam and Eve never sinned, there wouldn't be no Bible. Y'all ready for this one? Wouldn't be something called the name of Jesus. That's a new name. That is clear that that was a new name that was given him when he came to planet Earth. That's why in Revelation it says he gets another new name when this is all over with. No church services. No tithes and offerings and serving in children's church and giving to the poor. Ain't nobody poor. We don't even know what poor is. You understand what I'm saying? So all, I know this is going to sound really watered down, but all of this is a band-aid to get back to the level that Adam and Eve at before they fell.
It's a band-aid. It's a temporary fix to redeem my children so that we can get back to the love story and I can, y'all can rule. Now you understand now, ruling and reigning with Christ takes up on a different nature. You can be ruling and reigning over no church services. You know what I'm saying? This is life. This is a love story. This is a creative God that wanted to share his eternal creativity with children and put them over stuff. That's all it's about. So you getting healed and you getting delivered and you spending time in the word is all for the purpose of trying to get the gunk out, trying to get you clear so you can at least start operating like the one who created you. And the one who created you is not based on anything, money and all that type of stuff, y'all. See, the reason it's not based on money is because there is no money in heaven. The reason why it's not based on race because there is no race in heaven. The reason why it's not based on education is when you get up there, you're going to burn your Ph.D., this, y'all, the Bible says the wisdom of this world is complete foolishness to God. Okay? I'm not telling you to drop out of school. I'm just saying, get your education. And he said, drop out. Get your, edu get your education, and then, uh, but trust God. You know, some of you heard about Jonathan's testimony. You know, and, um, and that's for another day. But, y'all, we're doing some stuff. The lady, we had to go to a bank and get a little stimulus check that the government wanted to bless us with. So the line was like, how you handle this? She knew I was a pastor. How you handle all this? I made the mistake of opening up my mouth. She's just sitting there. And, and I'm just like, you ever talk to somebody and you're looking around like, you know we're not supposed to be doing this. We up in the bank, in the conference room, and, and she, she has zero behavior that says stop talking. You know, you can be talking, and the person gets to fumbling with the paperwork, and then pack the paperwork in there, and, and she's just staring at me with tears in her eyes. Just tears in her eyes. And I told her, I said, I said, not one single person, I said so far, I said, not one single per person, member of our church, got sick. I said, here's the problem. I said, the folk that was sick from other stuff started getting healed. He leaves his hand back to him. And, and I killed her with this. And see, I, I realized I was talking too much. Because the stimulus money is supposed to be for people that need help. <laughs> See, that's what a testimony does, man. You lose your mind. I sat up there and I said, I said, every area of our church went up. And, and, and then I said, in May, I said, the offerings doubled. I said, I, no, I said, in March and April, I said, the offerings doubled. And then I realized, oh, I'm supposed to be depressed and in dire need. And <laughs> God is amazing. Sharing her the story about the lady that we blessed. At the, uh, and let me say this. That wasn't my money. When I do things for my money, I generally don't share it. When I share a lot of the public. Now, sometimes I share stuff that I do so that can be a blessing to you. Because y'all know that nobody is bragging. But just. I was just telling her, I said, if I was just so scared and everything, I would have never heard the Lord tell me to bless that lady with $450 worth of groceries. Didn't know that she had adopted him three kids. You see, you're missing the stuff like that. So, all right, let's go ahead and stand. Hallelujah. It's one of the things I'm looking forward to with future buildings is that we'll do services like that and then we'll just leave the church open. 
for people that want to pray if they want to pray all night we'll just have security people here that are just I mean it's going to be a pool it's already a pool you can feel it y'all it's funny because I never I never will forget when Laura Harris Smith was here this was years ago when it was not even as deep as this and we were all sitting in the conference room and they, they started playing and um, and it comes in like a fog you're used to it first time folks they're like oh and we were sitting back there she's like oh my god she said what is that coming from the sanctuary she was like, we got to go. We got to go. So we brought her in. She painted. She fell all down and everything. You know, she's hilarious. You know, I'll never forget a girl recently. She had uh, demonic issues and she was fooling with witchcraft very heavily. Got out the car right over here in the parking lot. The family started walking towards the door. And the girl stopped in the middle of the parking lot. What's wrong with you? What's in here is afraid of what's in there. I can't go in there. That's that anointing. And as we minister together, learn these things and become more open-minded. It is okay to become open-minded if you keep yourself within the fence of the Word of God. But the Word of God is what causes you to be more open-minded. But when you're a closed-minded, you see the scripture from a closed-minded point of view. You can't even see all of the crazy stuff. That we ain't gone nowhere. Okay? All right, let's go ahead and lift our hands. Father, thank you, O Lord God. Thank you, O Father God. Ask the Lord to increase your capacity to see, increase your capacity to hear, increase your capacity to think, increase your capacity to see, increase your capacity. Thank you, O Lord God, for giving our minds and hearts width and breadth and length. Increase our capacity, O Lord God, to receive and to see and to understand. Give us the ability, O oh Lord God, to follow your commands. For your higher level commands to take us into the higher things require us to have a capacity to receive wisdom. We know, Father God, that you are a creative God. There is nothing that you cannot do. Literally nothing that you cannot do. And so I thank you, O oh Lord God, that as your people start to receive that revelation more and more, cause them to be unafraid when it seems like the ceiling is getting ready to crash, crash down. It'll cause them to be unafraid when they're running 100 miles an hour towards the wall thinking that it's not going to disappear. Cause them to be unafraid when they get bad reports or when their body tries to speak unto them or they see negative things happen. It'll cause them to be unafraid knowing that you are the only individual that can bless us yesterday has already passed you are not bound by time you are not bound by any limitations whatsoever for you are a great and mighty eternal unlimited God in all dimensions and in all scopes and in all spheres so we bless and honor you thank you O oh Lord God for those who have come out on tonight pray O oh Lord God that they will be blessed that you will seal these things given us give us uncommon wisdom lead us and guide us give us new concepts you said, oh Lord God, that wisdom is the one that gives us witty inventions. Help us to be smart. Help us to be sharp. For one of the anointings that was on Jesus was to give him quick understanding. So I thank you, oh Lord God, for giving us quick understanding that will be ten times wiser than the people that are around us. Thank you, oh Lord God, for doing these things. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.